Okay, Hannah. We're here at Parade Gardens. Parade Gardens in Bath. We've just been we've just been shouted at by some old man who I nearly swore at. Because <laughs> we were trying to take a selfie in front of the um, Jane Austen. What is this? Like a flower, flower, flower sculpture? Book. Flower book. Yeah. There's like and, so it's an um, open book, and on the left hand side there's like Jane Austen silhouette, and it says Jane Austen, and it's all in like succulents or something and then on the other side it says oh who could ever be tired of bath which is a Catherine Moreland quote it is not it's not what Jane Austen said it's not what Jane Austen said it's what a character said anyway so right the reason this is annoying is the entire tourism industry built up around Jane Austen being in Bath like she didn't like it here like this is where her dad died she was unhappy she was brought here when she was in her like late 20s to be put in society so she could get married there's only one place she disliked more than this and it was Brighton like what is going on I think the Bath tourism like center is brilliant that's what I think is going on they're just like hey we're claiming it we got a beautiful city we want tourists to come here we are taking Jane Austen for ourselves. Well, and they've done a great job. I mean, I'm not gonna, like, I'm gonna say, like, they've done a great job of doing it. It's just like, whoa, we saw that. It was like, oh dear. I, like, fine if the Grockles wanna like it, mm-hmm. that's one thing. But, like, if I, I don't know, like, doing this, doing this podcast has made, I, I've got feelings, man, when people who say they're Jane Austen fans don't know that she didn't like Bath very much. I think you can love and appreciate the city of Bath as I do and still be a Jane Austen fan, but also still recognize yeah. that this like, was not at, her favorite place at, in the look world. At the char- look at the characters that like Bath. Like Catherine Morland, by the end of Northanger Abbey, doesn't end up living in a townhouse in Bath because it's her favorite place. And guess what? It's like she tires of Bath. That's why the line's in there. She exactly. gets sick of it. It's funny. It's like curiosity killed the cat and satisfaction brought it back. No one remembers the second line. Well, guess what? Catherine Morland fucking hated Bath by the end, just like Jane Austen. I'm out! (laughs) Hello, and welcome to Bonnets at Dawn. I am your host, Lauren Burke, Team Bronte, and I am joined by Hannah Chapman. She did not leave us, guys. Don't worry. It was a fake out. It was. You fooled me. I'm not going me. anywhere. Someone's got to represent Team Austin, you know? That's, someone's got that's to, right. Someone's got to beat Lauren at every battle. It's true. It's but you true. know what they say? You can win every battle and still lose a war. So yeah, that's, that's what I'm counting on. That's my <sighs> strategy. I'm going to win the long game. I'm going to lose a few you know, here and there, and I'm fine with that. But. I feel like we've got the biggest army, so... There's still, do. There's still hope for the Austins. There is. There is. No doubt. So, um, luckily enough for those Austin fans, this week is a entirely Austin episode. It's all Austin. It is. Um, this week, we are bringing you our road trip diaries from Bath. Now, um, I want to quickly address why we went to Bath, because I'm sure there are a few of you out there that are wondering, why didn't we go to Chawton? And that is a great question. Um, Really what was going on was I already had a trip planned to England in August. um, And I was going to be there for a week with my husband. 
and we were going to do some track and field things. <laughs> well, he is going to do some track and field things. And I was joining him. And then um, I called up Hannah and I was like, hey, let's uh, try to squeeze in a trip to the Parsonage up in yeah. Haworth. And um, I want we wanted to do Chotten too, but just timing uh, didn't really work out. And we want to spend a long time there when we go there. We do want to spend a few days. I mean, realistically, Bath is 15 minutes away from me by train. Yeah, exactly. So that was the easiest thing. So like I knew I could come up to, I could go to England early and I could go stay with Hannah in Bristol. And then we could just go over to Bath for a little day trip. And wasn't it just the best time, Lauren? Wasn't it so good to stay at my house? It was swell. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. Um, I have to say, every time I travel to England alone, like my flight is always like just like the weirdest experience. Like something always is wrong with the plane. Every time? Every single time I travel alone. When I travel with someone, everything's fine and they think That's I'm crazy. You're making it up. I'm not. You are. Um, but I love how like my flight was seriously delayed. Oh yeah. Um, and you I just didn't know when you were gonna arrive. Yeah, it was crazy. And um I was actually the first time I'd ever flown like first class international, which was amazing. But then our flight, like all the lights were broken, so we'd do it in the dark and there was like no Wi Fi and no TV. So I got this like six course meal all in the dark. <laughs> Like, it's a like, sensory experience. It was. It really was. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was just kind of like I was super delayed. And I got into Bristol, and I think I was just, like, a hot mess because I think I slept all of, like, three hours. And I was just like, what's happening? <laughs> Let's you were go to fine. Bath. You were fine. I was fine. Okay. Well, I know in the episode we get a little sleepy. <laughs> yes. It was, a, it was a lot. It was a lot in a very short space of time. Yeah. So so be warned, there is some um, sleepy bedtime rambling. We also have a little bit of swearing. Yeah. So in fact, so I think you heard some of it before. Y- yeah. Before this bit. So sorry. sorry it's sorry unfiltered. These are <laughs> just our like our iPhone memos, like audio memos from the trip. So it's a little bit unfiltered. It's a little bit rough. But um. I hope you guys will hang in there with us, and I hope you guys enjoy. All right. What do you got? You're pitching me a story here about Jane Austen in Bath, her time in Bath. Jane Austen lived in Bath when she was 26. Mm -hmm. Cassandra's 27. She was brought here to marry someone. That was the goal. Anyone with money. Just someone. Someone that could take care of her. Her family was a loving family. They like they wanted her to be happy. They supported her when she left Big uh, Harris Big with her. Mm-hmm. So you know. Um, however, during her time here, she started writing a book called The Watsons about a clergyman and his daughters. Mm-hmm. One of his daughters, Emma, right, uh, comes home after living with a wealthy aunt, and then the dad is sick, and it's mm-hmm. it's about that. And then Jane Austen's own father gets sick from the damps. Your favourite, right? Uh, and then it's while they're living here that he passes away. So, I would propose a biopic mm-hmm. about Jane Austen's time in Bath, which is really hard to write about because there's no existing letters mm-hmm. during her time living here, only on a visit beforehand when she was like looking for places to rent because Cassandra was here. Anyway, so the biopic switches between Jane writing the Watsons okay. 
and like what's going on in her home life and so it's her and Cassandra and their mum and the people that they're meeting and like mm-hmm. what it would have been like interposed with her thinking about the Watsons and it's the scenes from the Watsons yeah yeah and you call it the Watsons mm-hmm. you adapt all of the Watsons that is written right but then to fill the rest of it you then have the biopic of mm-hmm. Jane so it's cutting between the two yeah and then looking at what could have what potentially could have been causing her to write about the things that she was writing about right but then also what caused this observant witty like hilarious like just really great writer to say actually I can't write this yeah this this is this is the thing that's too close this is the thing that I can't because she writes about so much that happens to her right and this this was one thing where she's like I can't she doesn't go back to it Mm -hmm. she doesn't finish it she starts writing Sanderson instead you know it's like yeah that is a great pitch that's a great pitch yeah I would absolutely yeah cheers (laughs) I would absolutely read that watch that could try to write it I, I would like to watch it because I think it's the only way that you could adapt the Watsons without yeah. someone writing an end. Yeah. The, the end is her leaving Buck after her dad's dead. Yeah. The end is the future. The end is Chawson. Yeah. I like it. So all we need is just someone to give us a lot of 50, money. Fifty thousand pounds. Fifty thousand pounds? That's it? That, I could do. I could write. I could do it. Okay. I, know, I know nothing about. <laughs> <laughs> I would like more money. Hundred thousand. Who were we casting? Uh, is Jane Austen? Yeah. Oh, this is tough. I don't know. You know who I really love? No. She doesn't work. You know who we could cast as Emma Watson? I'm just going to let that silence hang in there. <laughs> <laughs> just letting it. Just letting it. I mean, did you see Beauty and the Beast? Yeah. Oof. I just watched The Circle. Oof. Yeah. Um, no, not my first choice. Okay. Let's get an what unknown. Let's just let's just do a wide casting call and just have every young lady come to us. Yeah. Let's just get an unknown. I think that's for the best, to I be think honest. That'd be great. A Netflix original. Ugh. Tom Hanks can play Emma Watson. <laughs> <laughs> that would work. Can JJ Fox be in it? JJ Field. Field. Foxy call him. Foxy Field. Foxy Field. Yeah. Foxy Field. Um, yeah, I'm uh, I'm fine with him being in there. Let's uh, let's just you know get them He's all. Contractually obliged to hold my hand when on set. <laughs> <laughs> what a gent. And then he'd say, he'd rip up the contract in front of me and say, I'll do it anyway for you. Hannah. Just for you. Yeah, just for me. Just to be with you. Yeah. Lovely. Last night, Alice mm-hmm. said, "Why?" <laughs> she said, "Why do I have to buy a celebrity a gift? They should be buying stuff for me. <laughs> I'm poor." <laughs> you don't know who you are. Uh, we were talking know, why, about yeah, why. Why oh. do I have to buy a celebrity a drink? They yeah. should be buying it for me. We were talking about how I um, sometimes when I see celebrities in places, like I'll send them over a drink, like I'm some sort of baller. <laughs> and then I like I won't say anything. I won't go over there. I just buy it. Just like tip my head, you know. Just like hey, what's up? Because they is, they don't know. I once saw Matthew Perry, and I just said Matthew Perry, and then he looked at me, and I continued to eat my breakfast. 
that's the only that's all I've got <laughs> that's it but um yeah no if you guys know who should play Jane Austen then you've got to let us know you've got to tweet at us because I'm want trying to think I want the whole fan cast I want the whole thing cast you want everything for me yeah. Jane Cassandra yeah we potential see, suitors we should see which of her brothers visited yeah while she was here yeah, we can't think of it now, guys. We haven't had enough caffeine. More coffee. We still need to walk around Bath. We still need to make it to the Jane Austen Center and to the picnic. So, yeah, we've got a lot of stuff to do today. What, what do you want me to say? Well, we'll ask a couple of questions, and then if you don't want to answer, you can yeah. say no. And then we'll ask. It's just yeah, yeah. how long have you worked here. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, go for it, yeah. You Lovely. Guys? Yeah, it's going. Uh, so we're outside the Jane Austen Centre with um, my good friend Martin, who I used to work with. You're the guy on the door that says hello to everyone. That's right, Hannah. How long have you been doing that? <laughs> um, I've worked here over 10 years. Oh. Yeah, 10 years this March. And you're out here in like all weathers, aren't you? I am, yeah. All year yeah. long? Oh, yeah, oh. yeah. I, I've stood out here in sub-zero temperatures. What? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I remember, Crazy. like, because you'd go into the staff room and you'd be in there, like, trying to have, like, a hot drink or something, oh, yeah. just trying to warm yeah. up. And then shivering, you're, the, you're the most photographed <laughs> man in England. Well, this is, is what right? they let and let This is what they yes. say, yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. Maybe. Nobody's like every, Because every tourist every is coming tourist by taking yeah. a picture of you. Yeah. Because what does it say on your tag? It says Mr. Mr. Bennett. Mr. Bennett. Oh. Were you always Mr. Bennett? Have you been Mr. Uh, Bennett since you no, started? No, no, I was Mr. Darcy. Were you? Oh. And then, uh, come here. Oi, come here. I've been known as Oi, come here. <laughs> yeah, you know. And you've, um, you do historical reenactment as well, don't you? I used to, you used yeah. used to? Yeah. And you still, you were in a dance society? Oh, I still am. You still oh, are? Oh, yes, I still dance. I was in two. But yeah. obviously, um, getting senior in years, <laughs> as to form, I, I've, I've uh, cut one. Well, I've cut the minuet out the Baroque uh, period. I just concentrate on the um, uh, uh, um, 1800s, yeah. you know, late oh, 1790s, yeah. 1800s. So that will consist of um, <laughs> cotillions, Quadrilles, country dances, waltzes, because the waltz was coming in, um, uh, Allemande dances, and uh, things like that. Oh dear. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. You'll have to cut Still getting that out. Over that, uh, over getting over that cold. <laughs> yeah. Uh, where so was I? Allemande and yeah. Uh, yeah, dances like that with the Jane Austen dancers here. And you, um, you're at the festival every year, aren't you? That's right, yeah. 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 Uh, so why, right, give us one reason why someone should come and visit you at work at the well, Jane Austen Centre. Why, why should they come and visit here at the yeah. Jane Austen Centre? Yeah. Because I'm a delightful character to know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know I blow my old trumpet, Hannah, but it's true. <laughs> I was delightful when I worked in the pump room and I was delightful outside here at the Jane Austen Centre Gate Street that's why this is why you have to come yeah for this exactly yeah I love it <laughs> I'm gonna get a photo of you too she had a kiss as well <laughs> <laughs> okay so I saw this thing on Instagram and um, I wasn't really sure what it was it just said there is a picnic at the Crescent from 11 to 3 today and um, yeah we have some historical reenactors here 
Actually, I think some of them, their dress is tied up at the back, so I think they're grockles. You have to explain grockles. A uh, grockle just means a tourist. Okay. Landlubber, because I'm from All right. a seaside town. Okay. So we got some grockles over here and some bonnets. Yeah. Do you think if we talk to them, they'll talk to us? I, maybe. Oh, guys, I'm getting some proper, like, reenactment envy. All oh. of my reenactment pals are in Cardiff. No, in Caerphilly right now, doing... 14th century and I'm in Bath just looking at this 18th century like man your reenactment game is strong this is exciting this is this could be it this could be it for me and a man just told us he gave us a program and he said that there are free horse and carriage rides but you didn't hear it from us no so yeah we're gonna have to walk around and see if anyone will talk to us or if they'll just look at us like we're crazy look at this woman over here these two. Oh, these three all right Let's get some interviews. Yeah, um, yeah. So um, tell us uh, your name and what you do and what's going on here today. Well, my name is Henry Sanford Jr. Mm -hmm. I am visiting my father who actually owns number one Royal Crescent. Oh. Um, and uh, he, we are going back 250 years in time, of course. Yes. Of course. Back to the 1770s. Mm -hmm. And I'm over in Ireland looking after the estates and oh. he is here looking after the house and mm -hmm. he's enjoying bath life at its greatest. Mm -hmm. And today though, we're stepping back forward in time mm -hmm. and the house is on tour, on show. There's lots of costumes interpreters around wanting to give their information, history of the house. Mm -hmm. And the board presence has been opened up for the first time in the years where they've taken away all the cars and shown it at, well, Oh. It should be. Lovely. Station, oh how, yes, go on. Yes, yes, what are you guys doing? What's up, what's going well, on? Well, I am inviting these lovely folk promenading out today to mm -hmm. my tea dance, my tea party at oh. half past two. The name's Mrs. Alicia McCartney, but you can call me Mother Mac if you like. I will. <laughs> <We> will. <laughs> my parties are... Rather infamous, yes. shall we say. She lives at number two and we live at 28, the other end, and we can hear them from there. Yes, oh. and you don't want to talk to her. She's from number 28. <laughs> All the way down there, and I'm at number two. Number two? Oh, look at me. How'd you get that number two spot? A rich husband. Sounds good. That sounds good to me. Smart yeah. ladies. Sadly deceased now. What a shame. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like mine. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's got a very large purse, though, hasn't he? Yes. Endless yes. coins and that. I'm his third wife. Oh. <laughs> it's not surprising, really, looking at him, is it really? <laughs> but Did the lucky, others die lucky. off? Pardon? Did they die off? The others? He might yeah. have killed them off. Oh, he's yeah. so boring. Yeah. <laughs> Bored them to death. So, are you coming to my tea dance at half two? I'm yeah, coming. I'm coming. Oh, good. See you there. See you there. Thank you. Oh, so there's people that are just acting, just walking around and acting. Yeah. So, uh, okay, we'll get a proper explanation of, like, what's happening here today. Yeah. So what's this flyer say? So, uh, it says, The Royal Crescent was the greatest open-air theatre in Georgian England. It was here that fashionable visitors and residents of the city performed and promenaded in their finest clothes, determined to see each other and to be seen. Oh, so they don't mean, like, a literal theatre. <laughs> it's just like... <laughs> A good pun. Okay, like, so, uh, today we celebrate the 250th anniversary of this famous building by once again turning the Royal Crescent into Bath's largest theatre without any cars. 
Performances by the Natural Theatre Company will bring its history to life, from visiting aristocracy and elopements in the 18th century to scenes from Austen and Dickens in the 19th. See costumed actors and children riding the uh, riding the horse and carriage, play some of the games provided, bring a picnic, perhaps put on your finest Jane Austen-inspired clothes and join the celebrations. Nice. So, when she was talking about that tea dance, is that, a t- is that real? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. We're just going to, like, roll in in our jackets. Yeah. We're here for the fashionable life of the Royal Crescent, whereas this morning it was the unseen life of the Royal Crescent, so it's all the servants. And that's oh, actually okay. way more up my street. I love yeah. servants. That's what I do when I reenact. Yeah. Miss the servants. Give me dirt or give me death. That's what I say. I am not about I've, that servant life. I've never style. said that. <laughs> just now. Just now I've said just it. Just now you've said it. Thought. Yeah, so just like tell us uh yeah, who you are, what you're doing. Sure. Yeah. Great. Um, well, my name's Polly Andrews, and I'm the Education Officer for the Bath Preservation Trust. Mm-hmm. And we run uh, Number One Royal Crescent. So today is all about um, celebrating the fact that it's 250 years since the Royal Crescent was built. Mm-hmm. And we are lucky enough to have been able to close the whole road to cars. So we're trying to make it resemble as much as possible the original Crescent. Mm-hmm. We've got a horse and carriage, um, which is ferrying people up and down. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, really atmospheric actually because we've got a lot of people in costume and we're offering people the chance to get into costume and uh, really try to step back in time as it were you know, to yeah. see what it really felt like to be a resident here. Mm-hmm. This is great. I, I really like that um, the focus is just on like what real life would have been like in the Crescent and obviously we're here like recording a Jane Austen podcast <laughs> and there's nothing like you've not tried to shoehorn her in because she's <laughs> yeah. like a famous person. That's and right. I, I mean, it's we know. Quite refreshing, as so. you will know, I'm sure lots of people know that you know she did know the Crescent, and she mm-hmm. certainly walked along it and wrote a bit about her, her promenades along here. And mm-hmm. um, I think something she talked about uh, the glare of Bath, the white glare of Bath in yeah. the sunshine. And yeah. I can imagine on a sunny day, you know, she would have uh, been strolling along here. Um, but of course, you know, the Crescent was a, a, a very popular place to live mm-hmm. and uh, visit right through the Georgian period. So obviously mm-hmm. during the time that Jane Austen lived here, but also way beyond that. And we've got so many amazing um, and interesting residents of the Crescent, mm-hmm. um, which we're trying to just give an overall impression today. Right. So it's lovely to think that Jane Austen was here amongst us all. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but we've got other people represented as well, um, not least John Wood, of course, John Wood, the younger who... Um, designed and built. We just met yeah, him. We just met him. Yeah, we just took his photo <laughs> with his huge wig. Yes, <laughs> and his little assistant yes. carrying everything. Yes, him. so obviously without him, we wouldn't be standing here now. So you know, an amazing achievement in terms of such a visionary piece of design that's really stood the test of time because people yeah. come from all over the world, you know, millions of people every year, mm-hmm. to admire this incredibly beautiful. Um, classical piece of architecture so um, we're very lucky that we've got it in our world heritage city now who was one of your favorite like just one of the other famous residents um i quite liked um lady montague mm-hmm. um and she was someone who was an original blue stocking so if you've heard mm-hmm. of the blue stocking uh, set uh, they were ladies who wouldn't take no for an answer um in terms of uh, demanding a right to uh, be knowledgeable about the world mm-hmm. and express an interest in the the, the the kind of discoveries that were being made throughout the Georgian period. So she was interested in uh, science, mm-hmm. in the arts, 
and she held salons in her house and invited lots of people and quite in a revolutionary way men and women were invited as equals mm -hmm. so they could sit and talk and discuss um, as equals and so that was quite groundbreaking or well, highly groundbreaking at the time as you can imagine so uh, so that was something that's quite amazing and you know that makes her one of my most favorite residents that's like the perfect answer for this podcast yeah oh, good. <laughs> it's like we set you up oh, good. Well, did i know where, um, where can people like get involved or find out more about you guys Preservation. We have a website, of course, um, and uh, we have lots of activities going on this year as part of our what we're calling RC250 project. Mm -hmm. So this is just one thing that's happening. We've got a lovely exhibition on all year, which is called A View of the Crescent. Mm -hmm. So it's celebrating people's um, pictures, photographs of the Crescent right through the eras from the 18th century to modern day, mm -hmm. uh, modern day uh, painters um, who have you know, working every day on the present. So, you know, we're hoping that people will, will find time this year particularly to come and celebrate with us. Yeah. So, you're here with Lauren and Hannah in bed in our hotel room in London. What's up? We've had quite the adventure. Quite the adventure. Yeah. I don't even know. I don't even know what to say, lady. First, it started with bath. So I feel like we're quite negative about Bath, but maybe we need to explain to the people that we don't dislike Bath. Yeah. <laughs> Here's what I'll say. Um, I think from an American perspective, the great thing about Bath, and like, you know, the first time I went to Bath a few years ago, the thing that struck me was that you know, when you read Jane Austen's novels as an American, and especially one that, like, I grew up in the suburbs in just such a totally different environment, um, you're always picturing this world in your mind, mm -hmm. and then you go to Bath, and it's like, there it is, right? Like, just, like, this yeah. is, like, the England that you are trying to picture in your head. And it's so beautiful, and... Um, it's easy to feel connected to Jane Austen there because it just sort of connects that. Like, yeah, because it looks like a Because it looks drama. like it. Exactly. So I think that is the big draw for me for Bath. But I do know that she didn't like it there. Georgian architecture had these superficial qualities to it mm -hmm. in that the facade, the front facade was always like super beautiful and like thought out and then the sides and the backs of buildings were a shit show mm -hmm. and like on a very superficial level Bath and Jane Austen go hand in hand and mm -hmm. they're like a good connection but then you go around the back of it and you realise that maybe it's a little tenuous yeah and so I think the thing that kind of I really feel because I haven't I haven't been back that many times since graduating from my undergrad because my masters I do long distance mm -hmm. and so when I go back the thing that I really notice is that um Bath is a beautiful city mm. there were a lot of really interesting people that lived in Bath yeah and it has like medieval ruins like it has the Roman baths it has like there is so much about it come on guys Russell Crowe in Les Mis when he's playing Javert and he jumps in the water to kill himself. That was filmed in Bath. Like, let's have a museum about that. 
I'm not on board with that That's movie. That's a joke. Especially since, you know, I think the original London cast is the only Les Mis cast. Wah, 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 wah. And who was in that original London cast? Um, that guy, the Alan, um, Roger Alan. Yeah. Do you remember him? You haven't, haven't mentioned him for 10 episodes. That's a throwback. I mentioned him in episode like one, 12. two, three, four, five. Six, <laughs> seven, 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 seven. Um, oh, so wait. it's Are you like being sarcastic. That was um, something new and interesting for me. Um, yeah, so I think like for me, the thing with Bath is like there's just there is just so much going for the city mm-hmm. that that when we are like, oh, you can have a type like Jane Austen love Bath. It's like. Come on, there's so much. There's so much else to say. Yeah, there's so much more. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I did not care for that quote. That mm. oh, could, who could ever tire of Bath? But the Bath Preservation Society, that big open day, was lovely, really great. Yeah, that was fantastic. I mean, I like what you're saying. There's so many other famous residents, mm. and um. Famous residents that are connected with their history. Like, yeah. that's the thing. Like, Jane Austen isn't, like, a significant part of Bath history, really. Except for the fact that she's famous and she lived there. Yeah. That's it. But, like, those pe- the people that lived in the Crescent? Well, okay, so, like, Nicolas Cage, right, has a house in Bath. He does? Yeah, so he goes into, like, the Bath sausage shop all the time. I Wait, used- what? I used Wait, to- what? I used to... Is it, or is it... Are you I, I think me? it's Nicholas Cage. No, it's fine. I mean, he so he's I wasted date, his money. I used to like... date a guy who worked in a sausage shop in Bath, and <laughs> he like I'm pretty sure it's Nicholas Cage, but he'd always be like, "Oh, this guy came in again," and it was some actor. But yeah, so like genuinely, it's the equivalent of opening a mu- like a Nicholas Cage museum, <laughs> <laughs> and like so, get yeah. on it, City of Bath. That would be fascinating. Yeah. But, like, and, like, and not just having, like, a museum, because obviously, like, Jane Austen does write about Bath in her books. So, like, I get, I do get it, but it would be as if, like, the entire city was just, like, oh, hey. Although, you know what? I'm going to say and make another point. Mm -hmm. I actually, I do understand why the Jane Austen Festival is in Bath. Okay. Because of the backdrop. Mm Mm-hmm. And because of, like so many of the buildings that they would have had social events and like that's the heart of the festival right are, like the balls and like the evenings and doing all of that and so it does make every bit of sense to have stuff like that happening yeah in, not only in a georgian city but in a georgian city where jane austen would have been doing those things right i think the issue is not that stuff happens there it's just like the this weird like oh she really loved it mm-hmm and the Jane Austen Centre in the video that they play in the exhibition, like it does go into the fact that she was really depressed when she lived there. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I don't know, like that big it doesn't sculpture. Connect. It's almost like, I know that, but then I worked there and it's, I don't know. Yeah. I've just, I, f- I find it really hard to talk about the Jane Austen and the bath thing. Yeah. Because like, I, w- I want to be fair, but at the same time, I'm like, it's like, it's too much. Like, we just need to just stop. Well, we're not closer to her, are we? Like, we went to the Parsonage and we had this experience where we, we became, like, much closer to the Brontes. Yeah. And it was a completely different experience. Like, now, we're going to go to 
Chotten, you know, and and have that. But Bath was like a completely different experience for us because it is like it's the tourism side. Yeah. There. Like we went there, we saw that book sculpture and we're like, she didn't say that. A character said that, you know, this is a manipulation. And yeah. then, you know, everywhere you look, it's like Jane Austen on a teacup, Jane Austen on a tea towel, Jane yeah. Austen, like eight million Jane Austen books. Just uh, everything although sort in, of like diluting her memory. Although in Howith, every, like, every cafe is called like, you yeah. drink a Bronte beer, Branwell gravy. Yeah. Um, the Villette Cafe. The Bronte breakfast. Yeah. The taxi company was, was, was called the Bronte. So, like, yeah. Howth is doing exactly the same thing. It is. Absolutely. I just... But yeah, you get to go up to their... is interesting. Like, you it is do interesting. get to go up to their house, and you do get to walk the moors, and you do get you to have, a, go like, an authentic to multiple experience. of Jane Austen's houses. It's just one of them is a dentist. <laughs> you sh- really shouldn't go in unless... We did go there. Unless you have, we looked at it. We just looked at it. And like for yeah. Sydney Place, that's still standing. And yeah, I will briefly say. I mean, I think we'll talk about it a little bit later. The picnic that we came upon that was sponsored by the Bath Preservation Trust, which was sort of like a living history day, um, was wonderful. That's like the, exactly the kind of event that I'm like all the way on board for. Mm-hmm. Where they brought out dancers and then actors and the actors each had a character and the character yeah. was just someone that had lived in you know the houses oh, but based on, on real people and they would like interact with you and tell you about their lives and tell you about like what you know what happened at the crescent but honestly the mask the mask the masquerade bull um in september mm-hmm. is unlike anything like it's magic Whoa. It like it brings it to life. It, it was it is really good. There is it, I think yeah, I think the conflict the confliction comes from like I agree with so much of it and then it's just it's the the really naff tourism stuff that I just find but then that also might just be because I lived there and when you live somewhere, yeah, tourism is irritating because yeah. it gets in the way of you living your life. Yeah. And then I worked in the tourist sector as well. Mhm. And so it's just like it's it was quite a lot. Yeah. That makes sense. They're going to come for me. They are. They're going to cart you away. Am I being fair? I'm just, I'm just trying to be fair. <laughs> well, I mean, we don't. We didn't really learn much about Jane Austen there. We just sort of, like, took part in the, like, touristy bit. If you didn't... Like, I didn't learn anything about Jane Austen that trip. Because I already, like... Yeah. Ev- I feel like everything I could learn about Jane Austen in Bath at this point, having worked at the centre, having lived there, and, like, having, like, read her letters about it and having read the books, like, I've I've gotten... I do feel like I've got what I need to get from Bath mm-hmm. at this point. And what I really need to do is I need to go to Chawton. Because yeah. I haven't been. And going to the parsonage just made me, like... Like, I'm from Hampshire. Like, I'm... I'm from like less than an hour away. Like, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Like I've been to the pond where Colin first comes out in Pride and Prejudice, but I haven't been to Chawson. Well, I'm glad though, for the purposes of this podcast. 
Yeah. Because you get to experience it. I'm probably going to cry a bunch. It's going to be embarrassing. Maybe. I'm excited to see the bakehouse. There you have it. The bakehouse that I know about because of the Jane Austen Centre website. Yeah. It's like everything feeds into everything. Everyone yeah. should go, just go to Bath. Just ignore us. Just go to Bath. <laughs> You'll have a lovely time. Yeah. There's plenty of touristy things to do. Yeah, and like the sausage shop's really good. You should go there. Okay. Sally Lund's bun shop. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be nice. And it was really nice to bump into Martin. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. But it is what it is, right? Like that's just... It is what it is. But also, like I do like I do genuine so I do genuinely believe that the reason we didn't get so much out of Bath is because we're balls deep in this shit now. Yeah. But I think if you're not there is so much to gain from it and so mm-hmm. much to just have like being in Bath because of because so much of that architecture survives and because visually it does look like Yeah. It does I look mean, like the bath that she knew. But yeah. when you're walking around, when you're looking at everything, try not to get swept up in this like it's so glamorous, it's so fancy, like it's so exciting. And she would have loved it. Just and just remember the circumstances that she lived there under. Remember the time that she lived there and the fact that it wasn't as popular as it was. So, you know, maybe things were like a little shabbier, mm-hmm. you know, and, and just like the hardships that she endured while she lived there. Like, and, and it feeds into her work. And, you know, people like Anne Elliot and uh, Catherine Morland, like, like it, learn about Bath from their experiences and then look at, look at the characters that love Bath and look kind of look at the life choices that they're making and mm-hmm. just like just like it's a whole experience it's not it's not just it's not just fun it's you know there's a lot to it like to really get what's going on with Jane Austen like try and contextualize it I guess yeah yeah makes sense well, I think it's hard um for us because I don't know we do like le- legitimately like appreciate and want to understand her life, mm-hmm. to understand her work. That's like our goal. And there are a lot of people who take the fantasy elements and mm-hmm. run with it. Yeah. And I, I don't judge that. I don't think that's wrong. I mean, we're also coming from the world of comics where that, that you know, like people were used to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but... I don't know. I feel like you could get a deeper appreciation if you tried to sort of like dive in a little bit deeper. Yeah. And um, so I guess I'm just urging people, you know, the people who are just on a superficial level, like they just want to like drink Jane Austen tea and wear a bonnet and go to a dance. But I think I would encourage them to really take a good look at the work Um, because the work is not superficial. I think that's the thing that we don't want to like we don't want that to be like I'm thinking about the guy on the bus today yeah, the guy on the bus. where he's just like oh just, she just wrote these like little frothy romantic comedies and anti-feminist. she was an anti-feminist and we're like whoa, whoa 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 I felt so sorry for everyone else on the bus having to listen to our six hours of talking about everything so guys, we were on the bus today from 
Sheffield to like, London. He was Sheffield to London. We were. Yeah, well, he uh, got on at Sheffield. He's going to listen to this. I know, and that's fine. But. And the re- recording of the conversation exists. <laughs> and this gentleman, you know, called Jane Austen anti feminist and didn't think that her work was serious enough to warrant her being on the 10 pound note yeah yeah so that's what i'm saying is when you know when we don't actually discuss the work yeah when we we don't actually discuss it in context we do her a disservice and we perpetuate this myth that she was just oh good point yeah high five so that's why i'm saying if you're gonna pick up a bonnet if you're gonna go to a ball maybe just look a little deeper so that when men like this you know come up to you and say she was nothing. Yeah. You can hit back and then go about your way at the ball. That's all I'm saying. Man, that ball. I cannot wait to go again. Yeah. Any ball. I if anyone if anyone wants to wear naval uniform and go to this ball with me, like, come on, let's go. Let's do it. Let's do a meetup next year. Let's do a bonnets at dawn. Jane Austen ball. <laughs> meetup. Well, we're definitely doing a meetup at the Jane Austen Festival in Kentucky yeah. where the theme is persuasion. So there will be lots of dudes uh, in naval uniforms. Uh, not as many. Not as many as I would like. I just mean they'll probably all have a date, right? I I don't know. I have no idea. I just man in uniform. Maybe someone will fall in love with you via this podcast and they will turn up in a uniform. Only one man. We've got to stop talking about my love life on the show. Be a great... uh, Beep it all out. Be a really great reality show. It would be so upsetting. (laughs) Like, the amount of conversations I have with my cat about this stuff is just... Henry would look good in a naval uniform. He'd look like a cat wearing a navel uniform. <laughs> Still pretty good. <laughs> He'd look like a very handsome cat, yeah. And we are back. I, um, I'm making hats for your cats, Hannah. This week. Oh, yeah. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. I want them to have little Wentworth hats. I think that Phil is more of a bad lad, so oh. maybe a John Thorpe hat? Yeah. I mean, any other bad lad. Any other one. The others don't wear hats. Oh, John Thorpe. My least favorite. That's uh, nice. can't, can't wait for that <laughs> bad lad episode. Me too. We'll that's get Pierre a, on it. Everybody's favorite Pierre. That's Hannah Chapman produced that bad lad episode too. <laughs> I've been casting. <laughs> That's why I'm so excited. I'm like, oh, this is all in Hannah's court. <laughs> so if you guys, um, if there are any British lads out there who'd like to audition, you know, slide into Hannah's DMs. Lauren. What? <laughs> <laughs> That's embarrassing. <laughs> You're embarrassing me. <laughs> Sorry, 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 sorry. So, um, 
I hope you enjoyed our road trip diaries. Those were just like quick little voice memos that we took while we were out on the road. So um, I think we brought up a lot of things in there that we'd like to unpack in future episodes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Especially in that last bit when we were we were sleeping in our hotel in London after like three days of aggressive travel. Yeah, I think because we left the hostel at nine in the morning. We got to the hotel at six o'clock at night. I yeah. went to a wedding. I came back from the wedding. You'd been asleep. And then we woke, you woke up and then we recorded this bit. I'd been like banging on the door trying to get in. I'd been like <laughs> up and down to the lobby. And then we get into bed and then just recorded. And like, we touch on some things, you know, like Jane Austen and feminism. Um, the whole like cottage industry surrounding her and like Bath and... Yeah, it's, it's part of a bigger conversation, isn't it? Yeah, it absolutely is. Um, yeah, and I think we're going to talk about it a little bit more in um, a few weeks when we have Devonie Lucer on the show. So she wrote a really fantastic book uh, called The Making of Jane Austen. I highly recommend it. Um, it is all about how Jane Austen's image has been co-opted by different groups to say different things. Because Jane Austen wasn't overt in her politics or, you know, her religion, really. Not like the Brontes were, of course. So, um, so yeah, I mean, this is part of a larger conversation. It's a hard conversation even for us to have because I think you brought this up sort of off mic um, where you said, like, we're now approaching this in a different angle. Like, we're not approaching Jane Austen as fans any longer. We're sort of approaching her as biographers. And so sometimes we'll see something and we're like, no, 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 that's not right. That's not, that wasn't meant in that context. And you need to like, you know, have an understanding of these three things before. I don't mean to sound like a snob and I'm sorry. Like, (laughs) I know that's how I'm coming off as like a snob and maybe a little bit defensive. But I simultaneously don't want to apologize for my opinion and also don't want to offend or upset anyone because I think all opinions on this subject are important and everyone's enjoyment of Jane Austen in their way. I think as long as it's not detracting from the enjoyment of someone else, it's a valuable way of engaging with the work. It's just not necessarily how everyone's going to do it. So it's just stuff like, um, I mean, we brought it up a little bit in the beginning of the episode. It's like the the sculpture that we, the flower sculpture in Bath. This is, you know, oh, who could ever tire of Bath? And the quote is attributed to Jane Austen instead of attributed to a character that Jane Austen wrote. And, um, you know, we talk about this a lot and the Bath versus Brussels episode. She was not happy there for really valid reasons. Her father died there. Yeah. So we won't go into it now. You can download it. You can listen yeah. to it. There's a whole episode. Yeah. And um, now that quote is sort of used, you know, as like an endorsement of Bath by Jane Austen, which it's not, it's not true. So that stuff like that, that kind of like gets under my skin a little bit. Um, also, I just I do think the more you know about her, the more or the more I know about her, the more I appreciate her work more. So that's yes. it. So, um, yeah, I definitely download that episode. It is one of our least downloaded episodes, which really always upsets me because <laughs> I think it's one of our best, actually. I love like you've got this insight into our episodes that I just I've got no clue. I just yeah. like it goes out. And then I sometimes get like an Instagram message from my friend Kate. Hey, Kate. Uh, and she goes, great episode. And I'm like, thanks. Thanks, Kate. And thanks, then, Kate. There we go. And then, yeah, 
Yeah, you but just I know live you guys life. like my John Thorpe jokes, so don't worry. Regardless of what Lauren thinks, more of those are coming. They don't. They hate them. They tell me every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every single day they I've slide into my I've seen the DMs. tweets. I've seen the tweets. <laughs> um, I will say one of the my favorite parts of that episode was actually our interview with Kristen from the Bath Preservation Trust. Yes. It was so cool meeting those guys and just seeing like the work that they do. Um, and also like with my university with Bath Spa. So that was mm-hmm. really cool as well. And just seeing the way like just the different ideas that people have for engaging with history and making it something that's accessible to us modern folk. Yeah, it was really nice. And what I loved about it too was that I did not know what to expect because I just saw that little thing on Instagram advertising it. And I just thought it was going to be like a little picnic. It was I amazing. I didn't realize it was like a full on event. Like there were tea dances, there were horse and carriage rides, there were, you know, dancing in the in the park. There was everyone was dancing and like, there was costumes you could try on. It was absolutely amazing. It was really cool. So um, you guys should definitely follow them on Twitter at Bath Prez Trust. So B-A-T-H-P-R-E-S-T-R-U-S-T. Um, they have more really cool events coming up. And um, if you are in the area, please check them out. So yeah, um, Hannah, if people want to follow us on the Twitters, where should they go? They should go to at bonnets at dawn, also on Instagram. And on Facebook, Indeed. it's bonnets at dawn, but it's just you don't put that at. That's not no, how Facebook works, so you don't use that bit. And there's like mm-hmm. a little private group, and you can check that out and talk to us on there. That's where I hang out. Yeah, yeah. If you Hannah's, want that, uh, if you want the, the John Facebook Thorpe group. goodies, that's where you've got to go. <laughs> uh. I can't stop laughing. John Thorpe.